0: Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, Will be put into your lap. For the measure you have, you give, will be the measure you get back. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise you, Lord Christ. Christ. Y'all may be seen by your children up. Oh, a couple of you. There's a a meme out on the internet somewhere that has Jesus on the plane or on the mount teaching this passage, and he gets to the point where he says, "Love your enemies." And someone in the crowd says, but what if they're, you know, you fill in the blank, what if they're European, what if they're Mexican, what if they're Latino, what if they're whatever you want to be. And Jesus then says in there, did I stutter? I'm going to start over again and you tell me where I lost you with the loving your enemies. I love that meme. Mainly because it reminds me how often I make excuses for not loving my enemy or my, my enemy. Maybe you all feel that way. I know there are a lot of people out there who think the Bible is, is a, a really good guidebook, a rule book, a checklist of how you're to live your life. And if that's the case, the, the real question we need to ask is why then do we need Jesus if we just have to read the book? The Bible is so much more than just a checklist, it's how to live as Christians. And many of us will read this passage and will think, well, I do I do this, I love my enemies. So I'm good, right? But I really don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I don't, I don't think that's the point Luke is making. Maybe if we're reading Matthew, you, you might be able to make that case. You can make that argument. But I think New, Luke has taken this passage and nuanced it just a little bit. The question we should be asking ourselves is, why is it important to love as Christians? What separates our love, say, from a non-believer or a non-Christian? What, what makes our love different? Martin Luther King Jr. quotes this passage in his letter from the Birmingham jail. In this letter, he, he says, he asks, was Christ not an extremist for love? Now, Dr. King is not saying Jesus was just you know, an ethical teacher. Dr. King's words are, not, are far more deeper in meaning than that. Jesus was not just about teaching ethics. That's not the Christian message. The Christian message is that being a Christian is far more than just being a nice person. They will know we are Christians by our love, as the hymn says. This idea of love has major implications for the coming kingdom of God. And as Lutherans, we should be at the front and center of these discussions. And we're the ones who confess that we are justified not by our works, but by the grace of God. And while many have interpreted this article of our faith as a get-out-of-jail-free card, meaning... Once you're, once you're saved, you're good. You don't have to do anything else. I can assure you, that is not what Luther is saying. It's not what the Reformation was about. There's another side of the coin, and we call this idea sanctification. Why is it important for us to care for our enemies? And as the Gospel says, because it brings the kingdom of God. And, it, and God has equipped us, sanctified us, to bring about this kingdom. By loving our neighbor, by loving our enemies. What will heaven look like? Lots of people have had near-death experiences. Many have written books on the top and Some describe a white light, streets of gold, all that, all that stuff. But what does Luke say in Scripture about the coming kingdom of God? It's in verse 27 to 31. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away from your coat... Do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. If anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. That is is the image of God. That is who God is. When you look for God, this is is what God will be doing. Therefore, this is what the kingdom of God will look like. It will be a place where, where enemies will be loved where acts of good are done to those who hate us, where violence will not be met with more violence, where the needs and wants of all are met. That is the total opposite of how the world responds to people today. How do we treat our enemies? We blow them up. How do we treat those who ask for help? We turn them away. We we question their motives and ask if they're worthy of a few dollars. How do we respond to those who hurt us? We hurt them even more. We... Respond with a proportional response. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? Jesus is calling for a radical change in our norms, and that is not always popular. I mean, imagine today this is a, maybe we read this with very different lenses, but imagine sitting in Luke's pews back in 85 AD, CE, and you hear this message of love your enemies. Love your enemies. After your spouse, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, maybe even your own child has been captured by the Romans and thrown into lion's den. You're supposed to love your enemies. You really want to turn the other cheek after you've seen them thrown into lion's den? You know, I really pity anyone who would threaten my son or hurt my son because I don't know if I can control myself. And I don't know if I could ever forgive that person. Living this way as Christ commands us to do will not lead to you a happier life. I mean, maybe it it may lead to a happier life for you, to not have that burden of anger on your shoulders, but it's not going to lead to an easier life. Loving your enemy will, will, will not lead to an easier life, but when we live this way, God's kingdom breaks through into our world. And that's the stakes. What if we lived like... Our, what if we lived our lives like it was an imperative to bring the kingdom of God to our world? That living in this way is more than just a check-off. Okay, I love my enemy today. I love my enemy today. I'm good. But by serving your neighbor, loving your enemies, giving without question, were a moral imperative. What if they were the more moral imperative? Because they bring about God's kingdom to our world. When we do these things, God's kingdom breaks through. And the world we know disappears a bit we show a tiny bloomer of God's coming kingdom. There are many who are craving that the church be a place of cultural and social influence. And I want that to be the case. But only if we're willing to go above the ethics of just simply doing good works. But first and foremost, point to the gospel. Because we got a lot of nice people in this world who love their neighbor and their enemies just as Christ commands What makes our love as Christians different? What makes being a Christian so important? We point to the cross, we point to the gospel, we point to Jesus. We talk about the man who loved his enemies. We talk about the man who did good to those who hated him, who blessed those who cursed him, who prayed for those who abused him, who turned the other cheek, who gave up the shirt on his back and gave to anyone who bathed him. This is how Jesus brought the kingdom of God into our world. He did all these things. And yet we threw them on a cross. We as Christians need to live this way because doing so means we bring the kingdom of God into the world. And Martin Luther is quick to point out in the small catechism that God's kingdom comes without our prayers or our good works. But that does not mean, that does not give us the excuse to not pray and live in this way. In an age when church revelance is being questioned, it's important to remember... That we are more than just a social justice organization with sacraments. Anyone can do good works. Anyone can love their enemies, do good to those who hate them, bless those who curse them, pray for those who abuse them. We, though, as Christians, bring the kingdom. We bring the gospel. We point to the one who did all these things, who was crucified and rose on the third day, despite this world's best attempt to silence him. The church will lose if we think our only job is to be the ethical voice. We first and foremost need to carry the one who was beaten, battered, and, ki- and killed. We need to be like God and remind the world that God is not absent, but is here, and you can see God in these small, everyday miracles of just simply loving your enemies, loving your neighbor. God's kingdom will continue to break into our world, whether by us loving our neighbor or by God's simple sheer will. God's kingdom is not dependent on us because if if that was the case, it would never happen. But we do have times when we love our enemies. We care for our neighbor's needs when we show selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. As St. Paul told us a couple weeks ago and as we heard on Friday night at Rosie's Memorial in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, this kind of love, this agape love that Jesus is talking about never ends. This way of loving will outlast the test of time. When we act in this way, we bear the divine mark of God. We imitate God. We take on the image of God in whom we are created. Living this way will not be easy, and and it might very well get you killed sometimes. But imagine the hope we could generate in the lives of so many people. Better economic policies will not save our world, our community, or our church. Jesus has saved you our community, the whole world. And we have the ability to bring this good news through words and deeds. We usher in the kingdom of God and pry Satan's grip off our world every time we do the impossible by loving the unlovable.